2: with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today.
1: Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index Podcast, broadcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm Trev Downey, and I am joined by Cam Branch only tonight. We are like Harry Redknapp always used to be, down to the bare bones. <laughs> uh, just the two of us. We're going to have to see what we can do. We might manage a little transfer coup by the end of the show. Let's see what we can. Let's see what we can manage. But myself and and Branchy will hopefully bring you something of interest over the next hour or so. Not like there's not a million things to talk about. And so I think the simplest thing to do is to get started in the way that we usually do. Uh, I have, Cam, you'll be pleased to know, a little bit of a lighthearted video because we spoke just to let the listeners know beforehand about how the shape the shape of the show might look. And you have a quote which is sort of. Topical and war-based, and I had a couple as well. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to budge mine to the end, uh, and we'll cool. I'll, I'll do my my happy clappy stuff here and there. So this is uh, my man Tommy tiernan again. I think. Oh, people, lovely. People enjoyed him last week. I'm going to go again, and tommy's explaining to you basically because it's an, it's a mystery to 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 folks, isn't it? GAA, the Gaelic Games. It's a it's a real mystery. Like why why are all these why is there 100,000 Irish people uh, crammed into Croke Park shouting uh, and roaring and, and cheering and uh, being incredibly uh, vocal about this game where fellas seem to be running around with sticks and other lads seem to be playing some sort of a hybrid of, uh, of, 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 of soccer and rugby? So Tommy's going to endeavour to explain the, uh, the, 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 the gentle arts of GAA uh, to an audience here, a live audience.
0: GAA is a, an, an amazing thing. It's it's a, it's very different to the English Premiership and stuff like that. It's first of all, it's amateur. And the game, the, the best game that we have is hurling. Hurling is kind of like if you can imagine 30 chimps trying to play golf with the one ball.
3: Uh,
0: <laughs> there's a wild, savage madness to it. But there's beauty in it as well. I had the privilege last September at being at the Ireland Hurling final between Galway and Waterford and there was an amazing moment in the second half of the match the ball is on the ground it's the size of an apple a kind of a leathery apple and he has a stick in him called a hurl and he hits the the ball in such a way he lifts it off the ground and spins through the air on a kind of an arc to score it was incredible I was talking to a blind man from Abbey Nochmoy the far side of Clare Galway he was blind day one and he'd be blind till he dies and he told me that that sideline cut was that fucking miraculous (laughs) that he's seen it so that's (laughs) that's the level of artistry we're talking about the score lines in the gaa are more like train timetables limerick 419 cork
2: 122 (laughs) i had
0: to be watching an Irish Republic of Ireland soccer friendly against Georgia we're always playing fucking Georgia every eight months guess who the fucking Georgians okay it was a nil all draw a nil all draw what's the point in that what's the point in playing a game where the score at the end is the same as if you'd never fucking played at all
3: (laughs) you never get two tennis players just staring at one another for an hour and a half (laughs) Too hard to
0: base, okay. What <laughs> the big difference, of course, is the amateur status. We're all big soccer fans in Ireland, you know. We grew up supporting English clubs. And maybe if we're lucky enough as adults to get the money together and get to come over to Stamford, Bridge, Old Tafford, or Anfield and stand there and sing songs. Sing songs at millionaires in shorts from Peru and Afghanistan who couldn't give
2: a fuck about you. <laughs>
0: you go down to your local GAA pitch. They'd better give a fuck about you. Run, you fat bastard, run. <laughs> Jesus Foley, look at the size of your hole. Run, you fat fuck. I know where you live, Foley. I know where you fucking live. <laughs> well, I'm his father, of course I know where he lives. Run, you fuck, <laughs>
1: yeah. We are... There you go. There, Tommy. <laughs> nice yeah. palette cleanser. apologies for, 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 um, for you if you're offended by the language. Uh, I hope you like the spin. I put on that there, Cam. How are you, my
4: friend? How are you doing? I'm good, man. If, uh, if people are offended by the language after 316, 17, 18 shows, whatever, it is, they're definitely listening to the wrong show, aren't they? That's a so. fact that is a fact <laughs> we are
1: not noted for putting uh for putting too much censorship on ourselves when it comes to that type of thing and long Definitely may not. it continue long yeah. may it continue uh so you're in situ for us there tonight how's the week been first of all
4: oh it's been a very good week thanks yeah you know you know travelling the length and breadth of the England and Wales you know as you do so um it's been a good week. Yeah, everything's good. Yeah, I mean, uh, life's good in Land, so uh, can't knock it. Can't knock it. So uh, um, not enjoying these fuel prices, though, I must admit. That's a, oh, oh. A, yeah, that's a bit of an interesting one. But did, apparently... you have the
1: say, did you have the same situation as we had here, which was basically our government decided they were going to be great lads and they were going to um, take, you know, 15 cent off this and 20 cent off that um, per litre? And no. then the price price gouging bastards who run the petrol uh, uh stations put the prices up by exactly that the night before
4: yeah, i mean, I mean it's, talk about. Done nothing nothing at all I mean I'll give you a prime example i mean um um shell for example, I know, and I'm sure it's the same with other fuel stations as well fuel companies they have whats uh, they have shell sites and they have franchise sites so I saw uh, a franchise site selling diesel at 1 pound 99 a liter whereas the average shell price was around one sixty 160, one sixty five, you know at the yeah. uh, at the shell sites and uh, apparently um <laughs> uh, i i posted a picture of that on twitter and apparently i should be uh more concerned about um the people suffering in the ukraine than worried about a few extra pounds it's going to cost me to fill up my <laughs> Kind of yeah
1: dude i have to say right and it's I, was a
4: little bit odd seeing as i hadn't mentioned anything about ukraine the
1: no 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 I I, I I we need to get this out here right now and it's because it's 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 going to color everything otherwise there is a lunacy in how this whole horrific situation is being talked about mm-hmm. i've spoken about this uh there are people that i know in both countries yeah. and uh they, 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 That would have a bearing on it, obviously, from a personal point of view. But say they weren't, I'd like to think that you just look at what's going on and you would try and understand it. And you could understand that there might be uh, complications to it that go beyond the simplistic narrative Mm. that's been thrown out in the fucking tabloids. If the tabloids and the BBC, and your LBC radio and your shock jocks are all saying the same thing, it's probably not the case. So mm. if you want to say, hang on, the sanctions imposed by uh, my government on Russia are actually kicking my arse right now. And I, you know, an awful lot of people who travel for a living um, w- w- are genuinely going to be hurting here in Ireland anyway. I know that for yeah. a fact. In fact, yeah. I, I know one of them personally. Yeah. Uh, me. So, yeah. you know, you're, 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 you're it, 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 for that, for the, some galaxy brain to then go and say, Oh, you're not being supportive enough. Honestly, Jesus Christ, back off. I mean, how do, how are the two things even linked and how is um, it normal well, for you to suffer? Oh, you. <laughs> look,
4: look, on a personal level, I spend, uh, I'm currently spending about 350, say on average, 350 pound a week on fuel. On average, I do about 1700 miles a week on average. Yeah. yeah, okay. Um, so before the crisis, I was spending £250 a week. So the few extra pounds a week is £100 a week out of my pocket. Simple as. Simple 100%. as that, man. Simple, simple as, that. as that. And, and let yeah, me just and, I mean, no, clarify it. as well. In 2008, and this is where the lunacy of this all is mind-boggling, in 2008, a barrel of oil was on $140. And fuel prices were around the 1% one pound a litre a mark. We are currently at a hundred dollars a barrel and fuel prices are about 180. Could somebody explain that to me when the barrel, barrel price is less and the fuel prices are 70, 80, 90 percent more? Somebody can explain that lunacy to me in how the war, if the, you know, what's going on in Ukraine has affected dot, the barrel price to go to a hundred dollars but still The fuel prices to be so much more expensive than they were 22 24 years ago i'm glad you i'm glad you mentioned that
1: stat i'm really glad you mentioned that because that that puts things into sharp perspective for people and uh, it gives them a little bit of a take an interesting take because there's not enough of that kind of chat but you know careful careful there with the doing your own research cam you'll get labeled
4: yeah yeah you know you know well you know i mean i'm all for the research if it's factual exactly exactly yeah, it's got to be on point if it's on point that's fine it's, it's you, know, we'll let you know we could go down many rabbit holes and wormholes with this one couldn't we so um we yeah, sure it's, could it's just a bit of a mess isn't it so um um you know i mean and don't get me wrong you know i mentioned it i think it was on the last show we, uh, we all every, and all of our listeners no doubt and and everybody at AR we have nothing but sympathy despair Uh, heartbreak you know um, for the people of the Ukraine but it also extends as I said before to Palestine to Iraq to Syria to Afghanistan to Yemen all countries where people are oppressed are victimized are suffering you know any country that's uh, suffering from adverse weather conditions it's, it's it's as bad for them as it is for anybody in a war. People everywhere are losing their lives for for one reason or another. And it's 2022 and they should not be. It's as simple as that.
1: Yeah, and the one that kicked off the discussion is one of those things, which is a war, which is the most eminently avoidable of all things. Um, <laughs> except it's good business, man. It's good it's business. business.
4: It's great it's great for it's great for the economies that uh uh selling weaponry. Yeah, and the rest. And oh, the rest. The... About selling weaponry, so um, and everything else that goes with it. So I think that leads nicely into my quote actually. Um, yeah, I'm talking about being on point. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Uh war. A massacre of people who don't know each other for the profit of people who know each other but don't massacre each other. Oh,
1: that's so simple and kind of horrifically to the point, isn't it? Is it,
4: that... is. It, it, it is as simple as that. You know, the, it's the boots on the ground that suffer. It's you know, the brutes, It's not the boots that are hiding in the bunkers. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. I, I've, I've been doing a, a module of, I do it every year of war poetry with, um, the lads that I teach. And, um, if you really want to understand war, just pick up a, a Wilfred Owen poem or a Siegfried Sassoon poem, and those guys wrote about the horror uh, of the the reality of war. And they looked at they, there's a, there's a really lovely simple little poem called Base Details by Sassoon, where he talks about the class difference and how the officers guzzle and gulp in their uh, lovely conditions while the 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 uh, the unfortunate grunts are sent up the the line to die um and similarly there's a, a just a really really incredible poem called dulce at the by wilfred owen where he basically exposes what he calls the lie that it is right and honorable to go and fight for your country he he basically is implying that all war is a racket it's a very interesting thing and of course yeah. there are shades of gray and like i know there's a kid i know and you know his is his, 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 he has family involved and he's incredibly patriotic Ukrainian and he's talking about fighting and all that. And you just got, you've got to listen to that and go, okay, well, that's coming from a different place and people get caught up in it. So I just wish there was a little bit more sort of genuine humanity um, being reflected in the coverage uh, and the attitudes, um, because it's incredibly hawkish from what I can see. People just want to bomb and destroy and kill, kill, kill. So hopefully that will tweak a little bit as we go on. I don't know how optimistic I am about it, but in order to get into the football we should start with something that's causing a little bit of controversy in football land yeah. uh, which is the whole mo salah situation which has been going on for quite a long time now and it, I, I think understandably people are getting pretty sick of it uh, i get that yeah. and the context that i want to just frame it up uh, with is the story about you know willie or won't jürgen was interviewed today uh, um salah's agent um stuck his aura in as he does he's a hmm. silly man and our pal fabromano ran with it as well right so it, it's uh the perfect kind of little um uh shit storm and i was gonna say that it's a shit show yeah it is a perfect shit show yeah. i've got a quote from uh, my old website um which of course is the Liverpool Offside website that I wrote for. It wasn't my website, um, but I used to write with them. And an art an article there by Mary Lewis and Mary says uh, this morning Jurgen commentated or commented, excuse me, on the lack of movement of Salah's contract. The quote from Klopp, just so you know, Cam. Hmm. I think Mo definitely expects this club to be ambitious. We were in the last years and we are. And no, of course, we cannot do much more in the talks. That is, that that's how it is, really. Jürgen, hmm. He continues. But I don't think it's about that. I think, meanwhile, it's Mo's decision, pretty much. I think the club did what the club can do. That's how it is. There's nothing to say about it. It's all fine. And he continues. From my point of view, it's exactly like it should be in this moment in time, and everything is said. Nothing happened further, so no signing, no rejection or whatever. So we just have to wait for that. It's completely fine. There's no rush in that situation. Now you hear those words, and you or me or a normal rational human can hear that. Klopp appears to be saying one thing there, but when. Rami Abbas decides that he's going to tweet a load of laughing emojis immediately afterwards mm-hmm. and then our pal Fabramano comes out with how the contract has not been signed and uh, no way he will sign the contract that's on offer at the moment what that does is it creates it like you said before a shitstorm mm-hmm. and that's what Twitter currently is uh, I would say, and again, to give Mary credit here, she went and and, and dug up a quote from Mo, uh, in an interview to GQ magazine previously. um, He was saying basically he was waiting on the club to offer a better deal. right? And he says, I want to stay, but it's not in my hands. It's in their hands. They know what I want. I'm not asking for crazy stuff. I mean, okay, can we join the fucking dots and stop panicking? Because... The club is either going to give in to the request that Mo has, whether yeah. that's money or other signings or something, or they're not. I mean, there's literally nothing we can do in the meantime. What do you make of all of this, man? Um,
4: I think it's it's one of those that is going to continue to rumble on and on and on So either Mo has left the club or Mo has signed a new contract. And it's not going to end until something is announced. Whether that be now, whether that be in two weeks, whether that be in two months, or whether that's in the summer. And I just think there's nothing, obviously, us as the fan base can can really do about that. It is totally within the hands of the club and the player and the agent. My understanding is the agent isn't an absolutely awful person to deal with um from what i've been told previously he's 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 really hard work he's really difficult to deal with but the club have dealt with him before we dealt with him when we signed the player we dealt with him when mo had a contract extension so he, he it can be done we we announced a load of new contracts in the summer last year but nobody was talking about those new contracts Being negotiated beforehand apart from say Jordan Henderson who you know threw his toys out of the front and got the you know got the contract he wanted in the end so um, I don't know what's going to happen nobody really knows what's going to happen it's it's difficult because we want we all want the player to stay we want the player to sign a new contract we want him to finish his career at Liverpool Mo has Mo's just about to turn thirty. let's turned thirty now, I believe. I don't know his exact age, and we're, we're not going to play that game again, Traf. Um, we No, no, let's not. Yeah, yeah, we did quite badly <laughs> last time, didn't we? You know, um, So, uh, um, he, he's he's around the thirty. He, he's he's definitely around the thirty mark. He's still got four or five years left in him. He is a, a phenomenal athlete, supremely fit. His availability is second to none. He's played the most minutes of any outfield player for us this season, I believe. Plus, he went to the African Cup of Nations, and he's still probably played the most minutes of any outfield player for us this season. Maybe Virgil has played more, um, you know, for us this season. But, you know, he's he's, he's just... And, he, and he's a world-class football player. The problem is, if he goes, who do you replace him with? But then that's always been the case. If you... If a player leaves, you have have to replace them at some point. They're all going to leave at some point. The club will know if he's staying or he's going, and they will be putting in plans and measures either way as to to what's going to happen going forward. Because if Mo signs a new contract, then that changes our transfer targets in the summer. If Mo's not signing a new contract, which they'll be aware of, that again changes the transfer targets in the summer. People, some people are saying Diaz is now the, uh, the Mo replacement. Well, I thought Diaz was the Mane replacement. Which one is it? Mm-hmm. You can't have mm-hmm. it one way or the other way. you know. I mean, how about it's Diaz is not a replacement. Diaz is coming in to fight for a place because Mane's staying and Mo staying. So um, I think personally, it's a lot of talk But I don't think, as a fan base, we should be getting so wound up about it. Because ultimately, that's not going to do anything for us as fans. It's not going to help us. Yes, it's, it's big news because they're talking about it. And, you know, the agent doing that tweet is just pathetic. But then that's him as a person. But Mo trusts that guy implicitly. He's been with him for since day up, apparently, hasn't he? So when you when you have that relationship with someone, you you, you got, you're got you guided by them. Where's Mo gonna go though? Who's gonna be you know, at the end of the day, if he goes with one year left on his contract, he's still gonna go for a hundred odd million. Realistically, yeah. Would you agree? I guess so, yeah. I yeah, guess yeah, so. Let's, let's just say nice rhyme, bought bot figure hundred million. <laughs> Plus he gets his wages, whatever he wants. So who's gonna buy him? PSG. Is that what he really wants? PSG. Is that really well, his ambition?
1: He's he's told us what he really wants. He's has being honest and said he really wants to stay at the club. It's up for up to them to 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 basically give him what he wants. Now, some people would say that that's um, in and of itself. I think old-fashioned people might think, well, that's quite. Uh, I don't know, uh, uh, capitalistic, uh, exploitative, whatever. I, I think it's bollocks. That's that's the game. So he's saying, look, if you give me this, then I want to stay. Uh, I, I want, sorry, I want to stay. Um, and uh, in order for me to stay, you need to do this. Um, so most fans, myself included. Are of the opinion that other people's money doesn't matter, so give it to them. <laughs> that's yeah,
4: yeah, where I am with it. No, Nice and easy, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I actually don't give a shit about FSG's uh, coffers. Uh, once uh, there are, you know, like, I, I don't have these big existential uh, um, um, uh, it, it, dark nights of the soul where I'm doing the sums uh, mm-hmm. for the club in my head. I, I, I'm, I'm never going to play that game because there's always stuff we'll you leave don't that to know. Low.
3: Low yeah, but. It,
1: well, Mo, Mo does it brilliantly because for me there would always always be stuff I don't know. Whereas Mo, Mo gets the facts and figures and then he can put it together. And I don't know what you think, Cam, but when you listen to it, uh, to someone like Mo doing it, I actually always find that quite reassuring because then you just go, okay, well I can see the logic. I can see why yeah. this is happening or why it's not happening, and okay. uh, and there's always a sort of sense to it. Look, the thing with this is, um like you said already, we all just want the player to stay. I, 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 when, you, when you start kicking it around like you just did there, there's precious few um, alternatives. And if we were to win one of the big two this year, it would make it all the more difficult for him to see any other club where he could be as successful or as beloved or uh, as happy. Uh, frankly, um, so I just hope that whatever needs to get done gets done, um, and and that, that this will all have been, like you said, just a load of a load of nonsense and, and, and nonsense talk that we shouldn't be getting ourselves worked up about. It, it's hard. It's hard not to uh, address it. And I'm glad we did. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's it's just... Because it's relevant, but uh, it's also oh, 100%.
4: important. 100%. You know, while you were uh, going through what Klopp said? Yeah. I ha- I've, I've actually got Sky News on, and Klopp okay. was talking, and, and I was almost imagining you were lip-syncing for him. <laughs> I was trying to tally up if it was like I was trying to lip read what he was saying at the same time <laughs> and I'm, I'm not sure I, you know I couldn't really tell if you, if you'd got it on point now or not so, uh.
1: I did I, I basically just read it in my own voice what I should have done was try to do a Lisa Marie um um step out of the plane uh voice right. and, and, and make it sound uh altogether more convincing uh but uh, you know this is what Jürgen does uh this is how he operates yeah. so he he's 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 a bit of a closed book and stuff like that. So right. he, just, he, he
4: he's he's at the end of the day it's political talk. Yeah. Isn't it It's political yeah. talk. You you speak but you don't give an answer.
1: Yeah, that's what it comes down to. You know, he's basically up there treating them like mushrooms. You know, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. feeling full of shit, keeping in the dark. It's grand. It'll it, as as he keeps saying himself, uh, all good. All good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what happens as this pans out. Obviously, we want him
4: staying. Can I just do a little segue here now? Oh, uh, that would be great. I, yeah, yeah. I know you want to go somewhere, but I think again, this is something that's uh, really, really important with what's going on this week with with Chelsea now. Now, Chelsea obviously have been hit with sanctions this week, and you know, there's a lot of talk of what's going to happen to Chelsea going forwards. And I was um, list, I think it was uh, on Money Talks. I think Mo mentioned it that the Chelsea wage bill, and this is where FSG get a lot of credit. I think the Chelsea wage bill is seventy-seven percent of their turnover. They've now got no turnover, literally. Yikes! That, that's that's it's twenty-eight million pounds a month. Their wages. Now, they're allowed to pay wages, but where's the wages coming from if they don't have the cash reserves? Barclays have now today said they're uh, looking, the, looking at the bank account. They're going to, you know, that's breaking news as such. So there's there's this is where I think FSG must get a lot of credit because what they've b- been building at the club, it's the way it should always be at a football club in that a club should be self-sustainable shouldn't be owing the owner 1.4 1.5 billion pounds you know i mean somebody's got to come in and buy that club what happens with that debt? he's going to want that paid back now he, he's not going to give it nobody's walking away from 1.5 billion pounds, no matter what they say so i just want to give fsg a little bit of credit where credit is due that you know we they've had their faults, we've pointed out their faults, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect owner, but I think we're pretty close to having, I think, the best owners you could have in possibly Europe right now. I can't imagine better owners than the ones we've got, you know, I, I find it really difficult to think of better owners. You know, look at what's going on at Real Madrid. You know, the shit show of, you know, like a billion euros in debt. And then Barcelona is similar. Bayern Munich are a superbly well-run club. But again, they, it's a different setup in Germany. So most of the clubs uh, are run really well because of the fan representation on the boards. And ownership, you know, uh, stops one particular person or group owning the whole club. So the fans have 49% of a stake in the club which which you know has certainly helped German clubs be run better but when it comes to like pure ownership of a football club I genuinely can't think of uh, I don't know what how you know ethically what FSG are like you know behind the scenes you know um, are they doing anything that's they shouldn't be doing I have I'm not I can't say I've actually heard of them doing anything that they shouldn't be doing you know there's no sports washing going on they're not Involved in, you know, they're not state. Obviously, a state-run. We're not a state-run club, you know. Owned by countries and, you know, who who have, um, you know, morally, we think "Mm, that's a bit iffy, you know. I won't mention any names. PSG, Man City. um, I won't mention any names. Mm -hmm. Um, So Newcastle. um, Sorry. Um, So I'd like to think, you know, FSG, you know, they they've stuck to their principles. They've always stuck to their principles about how they're going to do things. They, you know, they they don't take money out of the club, but they do. I mean, they, do, they must take something out somewhere along the way. I'm sure they do, but they don't like, you know, not like the Glazers of, you know, they're, they're taking, they pump money back in the club, you know, obviously in transfer fees, but again, half a billion in debt because they're they're servicing loans and everything like that, whereas we just seem to be so well run as a football club. Yes, we always want more transfers. Everybody does. Nobody's ever going to be happy with the number of transfers, but then suddenly you look at when all the players are fit and available, you're thinking, we're only a right-back short, back-up right-back. Pretty much covered everywhere else, aren't we? I think that's pretty damn good it's a pretty
1: damn good place to be it, it is a healthy place to be it is a healthy place to be and by the way our potential right back cover is pulling up trees on his loan cracking shots in from 40 yards I, <laughs> I <ever> saw
4: that. <laughs> yeah but he's not playing right back. Like <laughs> so
1: yeah so who knows yeah what's gonna happen there but like, yeah it, look i'm glad you brought it up uh because it is an interesting one um like on so many levels and, and, and just to, to sort of absolutely, you know, like Mo Salah uh, on the wing to shimmy past the politics of it, if we could, yeah. and just look at the reality of it. It, the way it breaks down is quite interesting. And other, other, other shows will, will do this and talk about it and break it down a little bit more. I'm, I'm not sure if was a particular show f- about this, I'd, I'd be surprised if he doesn't, but, You know, I when I heard the news, can can I just tell you exactly what I thought? I I think I put it straight into a tweet because there was glee, like I mean proper glee amongst um, a whole lot of people on my timeline who clearly have not much fondness for Chelsea and I can relate to that. Mm. uh and their fans and again yeah, yeah. I, I I can relate understand. to that. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: You know, um uh let's 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 be honest, there was there this it's not that long ago that there were there, there was even a little uh, interaction shall we say where we had ample proof of the fact that there might be quite a few unpleasant people uh yeah. in and around to supporting that club. But uh, the point I, I, I made the first thing that I thought was yeah sanctions yeah, Roman uh, Abramovich, yeah, they can't sell players, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And I think they will have the desired effect of what they want to do, which is um, you know, making sure that uh, Abramovich is as uncomfortable as possible Hmm. uh, and causing uh, many, many headaches for him. But I can't see a world cam in which there aren't some shenanigans and the club ownership is allowed to change hands. 100%. and we rock on um, without, you know, b- because what what was happening, man, was uh, I and mean, look, I've, I kind of half alluded to it earlier on. I don't like it as a thing. I, I'll just come out and say it. I don't like it. I don't like grave dancing. I I, I, I don't like it. I've yeah. never liked it. I don't like being gleeful over the demise of other people there's a horrible there's a horrible trait uh which is very very common now which is like you know wishing the worst death on people in fact uh and, and i this i find this massively disturbing uh as a fella uh from personal perspective so i was a little bit unsettled by all the gleeful sort of grave dancing like i was saying and i thought also they're daft because there will be a deal done because money always fucking wins, man. And oh there goodness. will be a deal done. And you know, look at the people who are, who are who are involved here. You're talking about incredibly wealthy people you're talking about an asset that needs to get that needs to be exchanged so there will be benefit in kind for somebody uh who is powerful enough to make it happen and yeah. that's all that that's all that matters man isn't it really and, and i mean do you, am I being too cynical there or like no you're not i
4: mean it, it's not you're not being cynical at all um because what you've got to remember as well is the number of people employed by Chelsea Football Club is hundreds and then the number of people who service Chelsea Football Club just your average Joe like me and you who probably have Chelsea as their biggest client and they need that business whether it be a a delivery driver um, whether it be a chauffeur whether it be the the, you know the groundsman uh, the training ground you know, whether it be the cleaner, you know, people's livelihoods are on the line as well. The footballers will be fine. The multimillionaires, they'll go to another club. Yeah? Yeah. You know, if Chelsea suddenly drop down to, be, you know, get relegated or whatever, These you know, whatever happens, we don't know what's going to happen. The club's not going to go into it. The, the club may well go into administration, but it, they're not going to go out of business. That that is a, That is a fact. So let's... Put any of that nonsense to one side straight away. The, why weren't it, why weren't sanctions announced on from day one? Only the government can answer that question. Yeah, if they were going to sanction him, why didn't they sanction him from day one? On Monday, we had the foreign secretary saying it was because no sanctions had been done because two Brexit re, uh, two Remainer lords in the House of Lords were 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 stopping us from enact uh, you know creating the the laws we wanted to create. Yes, yesterday they've suddenly they've made new laws, have they? Because they've suddenly now imposed those sanctions. So it shows you that the government and Abramovich have obviously been talking away in the background, and they're trying to come to some sort of solution. They've probably said to Abramovich, "Look, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to freeze it now because." You know, we've got no choice because it's looking bad for whatever reason. and But we'll help you out when the time comes. We'll make sure the sale goes through. There's obviously a backhanded deal going on. There's nothing else that can happen. So the the club will get sold. They'll get new owners and they will continue. How they continue going forwards remains to be seen. And that's primarily because of that 77%. Wages to turnover. Now sponsorship deals are are dropping, but sponsorship deals are only being suspended; they're not being cancelled. I think. So, like free, for example, said, take take the take our advertising off your shirt. But if you notice the free announcement, it said we're only suspending our sponsorship for the moment. So that 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 tells you something in itself: the fact that they're only suspending it, not cancelling it. So yeah. you know the, the club, the, and let's be honest. As much as we hate, we do. I mean, we hate Chelsea for footballing reasons, but we've also beca- hated Chelsea because of the way the fan base was, because of the money that had come into the club, because of Roman Abramovich. And you know, I remember that. I remember when Chelsea rocked up at Anfield in the first year when Roman Abramovich was, and they're all waving the. You know the the ten and twenty pound notes. We've got the money. We've got the money. You know in the Anfield Road end. Yeah. So yes, we they're a despicable fan base. You know they're um they've got it. They've got they've got a horrible element to the because not all the fans are bad. I mean I one of my old bosses was a Chelsea fan. Real nice guy. I mean I've I've had clients when I was chauffeuring who were Chelsea fans when I was doing when I was a mortgage advisor, one of my colleagues was a chelsea fan lovely lovely people just normal you know just like you and me, but they have got an element but then every football club has an element of fans who are pricks who are racist who are xenophobic, who are bigots you know who's sexist that's that's everywhere that's that's unfortunately that's human nature unfortunately that's what we have everywhere in in society it's not just confined to Chelsea fans. You know, it's just a fact, isn't it? Unfortunately, I mean, I've seen debates this week online, the, the, the outer towners and the walls, you know, all that. Oh, oh God! God. So, you know, I mean, where where does it end? I mean, our, our fan our fan bases, they're not exactly, you know, white knights, are they? Let's be Harvard. honest.
1: Let's be honest. Some of the very worst lads support Liverpool. That's a fact. You it just... is. It is some of the very worst. Only today, only today, there's a fella now. Yeah, again, seen it. You know, I know like, where you're going. Yeah, yeah. I've seen t- t- Thirty-four followers. So you kind of wonder: is this some sort of a, some sort of a, you know sock puppet account? that's just there to drum up a lot of hate. Have you uh, seen the followers? I didn't. I didn't get that far. I no, did, no. Somebody was...
4: mentioned the followers, so I went and had a look at the followers. It's all like women who are literally offering sex services or something along right, those lines. Right. So that's all the followers. Following, he's got, th- this person is following 540 odd people and it's mainly football stuff. Yeah. But all the followers, are, and that makes you think uh, something wrong. Here. The account's only just started this month,
1: literally a, a day or two ago. Well, just, he, just to let let, to let folks know what we're talking about, we're talking about a, 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 an account there who's going around stirring up racial uh, hatred uh yeah. and, and and being absolutely obnoxious now even if that is uh someone being making merry and, and and playing nasty little games who's not actually a Liverpool fan the reality of it is that you know there are lots and lots of nastiness and, uh, and nasty people and, and and pretty ugly stuff that does go on so yeah of course we're not over here saying you know uh we're on some sort of a pedestal, you have to acknowledge that there are some awful lads. I, I say it regularly, there are so, so many people who stand under the same banner as me that I would never ever want to stand beside. Yeah, you know, uh, that's just the way it is. That's it is, yeah. nature, but like, there does seem to be an especially large congregation of gals, uh, following that law. I hope for the decent ones amongst them. Um, that they uh that, that they they don't feel as if everybody just is 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 uh, you know barreling them all in together but you know that's about as far as my sympathy extends I have to say when you see a club like that who has uh, gotten where it's gotten on money that you know let's just We'll all raise a collective eyebrow. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, uh, it's hard to be. It's hard to be very sympathetic. I, you know, uh, it really is. It's 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 hard. It's hard to care too much. It will. It will be interesting to see what happens. But I would say watch this space because realistically, from a footballing perspective, and in terms of what m- people were being most gleeful about. Oh, now they have to sell. It'll be a fire sale. Blah blah blah. I think they can't fall- sell. Yeah, I think you'll find that that's all bollocks. And I think you'll find a certain amount of time will need to go by and then Chelsea will be still Chelsea uh, with some other uh, uh, rich uh, individual running the show. So, you know, we, we to, to get it back to Liverpool, yeah. and again, a story that maybe isn't exclusively joy, because although the qualification for the Champions League quarterfinals happened, it happened in the context of a defeat. Now, I was doing RAW immediately afterwards, Cameron, I couldn't shake off the fact that I was annoyed that we'd lost that Anfield run and uh, that Virgil record, all those kind of things. that I, Look, they're only little things, but they're, I, like I always say, they're indicators of how good the team is and how far ahead of... Uh, other clubs we are in the way that you were just talking about maybe with the ownership there those yeah. are things that oh uh Kanate's has never been beaten or virgil's never been beaten I, I love that stuff because it means we're doing remarkable things and i hate losing runs like that now the rational way to look at it cam is it was the second half that we lost 1-0 and we won the game overall 2-1 that is the yeah. rational way to look at it and it's the way you do look at it really uh Johnny Achterberg was straight out going, you know, putting a little graphic up saying "qualified." You know, sort of, you know, enough of your messing, lads. Uh, stop the crying. We, you know, we're we're through. We're in the hat, and yeah. that that is all that matters. Talk to me about the game itself, and if 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 you were a little bit, if you found yourself with that, did it
4: stick in your craw a little too? No, not in the slightest. It did uh, Okay, not, not, uh, because we're not going to win every game to the end of the season. This was a game we could afford to lose. Yeah. Um, so the Virgil record is actually still intact because it was for Premier League games. Excellent. Thanks yeah, for that. because um, obviously we lost to Atletico Madrid, and um, Virgil played that game at Anfield. We lost three two. So um, so don't worry about the Virgil record. That's still going. Nice. Um, so no, he wasn't
1: playing, So yeah. he's still going.
4: <laughs> yeah. So he still got. He still holds. The record for 60 Premier League games undefeated at Anfield now. So, um, yeah, don't worry about Big Verge. He's, he's sound as a pound. Um, going to the game, um, we should have won the game. We controlled the game. We had the better opportunities. It didn't happen. But, again, it was a game in which, if it had to happen, it's a great game for it to happen in.
1: Because did you did you read the did you read the Klopp quote about Pete Kraviet, uh who's a no. sensational dancer by the way, sensational dancer as we've discovered. What lessons from me, obviously? Yes, absolutely. The yeah. the the, the, the worst book dancer of, in the world. Yeah, yeah the brainy book of book Uh the he Kraviet, I'm, I'm gonna butcher the quote, but it's basically what, what what Big Pete says is something along the lines of, the art of football is not know, is knowing which games to lose right Mm. and and do you know what there's a lot of wisdom in that I know it it might sound it might sound daft but but that it fits in perfectly what you were saying there if you were going to lose a game if you were going to get the inevitable defeat in in a run that you have to get in that was the time to get it now of course it is all dependent on us coming back strong now against Brighton and staying on that on that track and I don't know about you dude but just to bring it back full circle and maybe have a look at the Brighton game I know a certain Egyptian lad that's due a really good game you know yeah, he's he's
4: he's not on not his fiery self is he he's, uh, no no he's off he is he's off, it. It. He's, he's off it. let's just be honest he's, he's off it. he's off he is off and I think I think he's probably just I think he needs a rest as well Maybe, I suppose
1: I'm still leaning in, into the fact that it's going to click and when it does, someone's going to get an off kick. You know? So I'm yeah. hoping it's Brighton,
4: I guess. Yeah, but then, uh, you know, we've, got, we've still got a lot of football to play to the end of the season. And um, it, it's not just, I think what we are now, would li- I'd like to think is we're, we're a very rounded team. In that, if you look at the goals that we've been getting this season, because Jota's suddenly off form as well, he doesn't yeah. look he doesn't look right. Mane isn't I don't think Mane playing particularly well, but he's he's chipping in with goals, which is the most important thing you can be doing on a football pitch. But I think his all round play has been a bit. I think he's been a. I think his touch has been quite poor at times um is it is his involvement is good but it's his his first touch has has just left me thinking yes it's a bit heavy at the moment so um um sorry there was something just came up in the chat box
1: that's lisa marie saying that she might be able to make that cameo appearance the little transfer we we talked about so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna tell her to jump in if she can uh man types on
4: radio yeah uh, this is great great folks you know i'm glad i shared this with you because um, yeah. it's it's, it's, it's it, this is a unfield index breaking news brain <laughs>
1: break brain
4: cheese
3: please basic. step off the plane ah, there
1: she is. <laughs> <laughs> i was trying I, I was trying to read out some clopo quotes earlier on i just I, I i it would have been so much better uh if we had had you to do the uh the uh, convincing um, uh, uh, genocidal robot voice, uh, but 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 you know we we might get it in before the end of the of the, of the show uh, once more. How are you, Elise Murray?
3: Well, I'm I'm a little bit busy, but I just wanted to be able to pop in for a minute or two as this is the highlight of my week
1: well, talking you, to you two. Oh yeah, yeah. look at that! You see that, brandy, that, You you thought you were a charmer, but no. Not,
4: I'm not, even close, am I? not
1: even on that level that's remarkable so i mean if you have five minutes let's make it take advantage of those five minutes and let's hear from you is there anything in particular you wanted to talk about just so you, for context i don't know i know you were in meetings we talked about chelsea we talked about mo's tra- uh, t- contract uh we talked a little bit at the start about the the world in general is there anything specific you wanted to chat about or are you happy enough just to join in on on the on the brighton talk
3: i am happy enough to just join in on the brighton talk
1: That's well let, let's let's do that and i'll just tee it up and of course listeners you will understand that lisa marie's actually working and if she has to he- head off she has to head off similar with brain she you could be left with just me here uh god <laughs> love you uh, if that happens so if i will that, be
4: back though trev i will be back
1: you will be back so basically let's just finish the show off because we're getting near that hour mark by having a look at the games that are to come up and it's an interesting, <laughs> is there anything that isn't an interesting time uh, to be a Reds fan?
4: Every day, isn't it?
1: every single day, you know, uh, something
3: new every day to look forward
1: yeah, to. Yeah. 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 I, the most interesting thing I'm looking at, at the moment is the league table. uh, and thinking let's get that win and let's get back to three points behind this lot and really rattle them. Let's, Thing number one that I'm thinking of, and then I'm having a look at the fixtures that are coming up. And of course, to see March out, and it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a, a tremendously busy little month. Uh, we have Brighton on Saturday uh, at half twelve. Now that's tomorrow at half twelve, so we're not going to talk too much about that. We'll talk it in the context of the games come up. And then a game that's going to be far more relevant for folks who are listening to this show and getting a chance to listen to this show is Arsenal on the Wednesday. That's the eight fifteen kickoff, and then the last game in March is Sunday the twentieth, and that is our FA Cup. So you're looking at games every three or four days here, uh, quick turnaround, and games that you know could really make a massive difference. Those two Premier League games, I, I hate to be cliche boy, but they're all they're all cup finals at this stage. If we want to win the league, and that Nottingham Forest game, I love it. It's got a real width of uh times past uh fa cup glory past uh and you know general 80s buzz about it i'm looking forward to that one we're away at forest on sunday the 20th so as you consider those games that clump of games coming up lisa marie um and with a view to just roping you in a little bit on the Salah thing and all the rest of it like i assume I always do know that Jürgen goes as strong as Jürgen can go for all of these games. And I now think that unlike the previous round of the Cup, now we're in the fifth round, I think the tinkering will get even less. I don't think you'll see the entirety of the change, whatever it was, nine changes, ten changes, whatever it was. I don't think you're going to see that um, because it's that much further in on the trophy. Um but what do I know? I'd rather get your opinion. And which of all the uh, of the of those three are are you looking forward to most? I think I know. I
3: I am looking forward to the the cup game, the Nottingham Nottingham Forest game, just because that's somebody I've I have not experienced us playing before. So yes. um yeah, so I'm I'm aware of a little bit of the the history and I guess everything there and so I'm kind of just looking forward to a a new and different opponent if you will um you know for this for this current team to come up against
1: well for the record uh, there's a friend of mine uh who's really excited um about the Nottingham Forest game for I I would imagine quite similar reasons because for for her Nottingham Forest uh Means Robin Hood, and <laughs> she was straight away tweeting gifts from that old brilliant uh, cartoon version of Robin Hood that came out when, uh, when we were all kids, uh, um, uh, as in we, as in the crowd on this on this show, uh, quite a while ago, uh, if we have to be honest about it. Uh, so I, that, of course, has its own um, uh, individual attraction, but. Cam in that in that th- in that trio of games. Obviously, we've got Graham Potter's out um, tomorrow yeah. in midday. It will be a challenge. There, they're a decent side, and he is a very much admired manager. Yeah. But if we're being honest, uh, it's it, it, the 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 game against Arsenal is, is looking like it's going to be very tasty because again, yeah. look where they're in the league. They're fourth mm-hmm. in the league now, two games less played than the third place team, who are Chelsea. And exactly eight points behind that third place team. So they could re- really start putting the pressure on Chelsea where they to start winning their games. And actually, more to the point, they are a point ahead of Manchester United, who are in fifth. And they have three less games played than Manchester United. So they look as if they're going to be a great bet for top four. And a couple of wins against a couple of the big clubs would probably c- cement that for them. Yeah. Um, what do you think about it? Arsenal now. for for just for context for folks, really briefly, you know, their their recent run of fixtures or results rather, they beat Watford 3 2, they beat Wolves 2 1, they beat Brentford 2 1, they beat Wolves again 1-0, uh, they had a nil nil with Burnley. Uh obviously we put them out of the EFL Cup. And then before that, uh they had it was Nottingham Forest who put them out of the FA Cup. And the right. game before that they were beaten 2-1 by Manchester City. So there's there, there's there seems to be a little bit of a revival going on there in their fortunes and in their form.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember that Man City game really well. I thought the first half they were excellent. I thought they actually played some... They were actually 1-0 up at half-time. They, they played some phenomenal football. The front, three, uh, I think it was Martinelli... Uh is it Emmett Smith rowe Yeah, Smith Neil yeah. Smith Row, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Saka. And um they were just phenomenal. Absolute joy to watch. It was like watching an Arsene Wenger time uh side. So um they, they they have been in good form, but you know, we it's always a, a tasty game at the at the Emirates. So um I, I it's gonna be tough, but the Arsenal fans are suddenly making a lot of noise again aren't they that they're brilliant because they've they've got a few results together and obviously in the next five years they're going to be the greatest football team in the world again so yeah you know it's always about next season isn't it you know we used to be like that didn't we um yeah next season watchers go next season but now it's all the clubs that are doing that so that's that's nice so let them let them worry about next season or the season after or the season after because yeah Yeah. I've, i've I think as tough a game as it will be I I still think we should have enough to overcome them. I think tomorrow's game is going to be extremely difficult. Yeah. Um Brighton always give us a tough game. Um uh, especially at, um the Amex stadium. Uh Potter is a I think is an he's an excellent coach, stroke manager. Uh I think tactically he he's really good. He 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 stifles us. He manages to stifle us. He makes it a very, very difficult game. We never seem to run away, or we rarely do. I'm sure we have. I, mean, I can't remember every single Brighton result, but um, or when we played them, sorry. Um, but I don't think we've ever really just done them good and proper. So um, that's going to be a tough game. Really looking forward to the Forest game. Um, brings back memories, um, brings back a certain memory of a 5 0. Yeah. Anfield, a uh, lovely goal from Peter Beardsley in that game from him and right chip the keeper. Um, well, he, yeah, just a little dink over the keeper, wasn't it? So um, that was a fantastic game. I remember I bought the video of that game because it was it was described as the the game of the century.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That that that's probably still just about the best team I've ever seen but this lot now are pushing it close I have to say they really I
4: think are... this team has overtaken them personally
1: well this team has if you put down the fact that they won a European Cup but I really believe that 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 Kenny's Barnes and Beardsley era team had a European Cup on them if they had been able to no, play they, the European Cup
4: possibly but then you know yeah, we're never going to know. It's high, it's hypothetical, isn't it? What they could yeah. have done? I can only go by what I'm seeing, to what I've seen saw then, and what I'm seeing now. And when I look at the number of games we're playing now, and the number of points we are accumulating season in season out, the Kenny team didn't didn't get close to that number of points.
1: But that's yeah. that that's true too. You could afford yeah. to lose
4: a few games and still win the league, you know? Yeah. And- I think
1: I, I I'll never forget we were thirteenth in the league at Christmas uh, when we won the uh, league and cup double in Kenny's first season as player manager. Madness. So these we are the reasons, this, this is the this is this is the, how how much the game has changed. Yeah. And and that's should... why that's
4: why I just think this team is it edges it.
1: I, th- I, th- I think you got a real case. I genuinely do. We should start wrapping it up and keep this as tight to an hour as we can let you guys get back to where you need to go. Uh, Lisa Marie, any final thoughts for us at all? Anything you want to say? Uh, just a last word from you. I'll go to Cam then, and I'll finish it out with my quotes.
3: Actually, I have a quote that I didn't get to use last week for a closing, so I'll use oh, it nice. today. Excellent. Just remember, you can do anything you set your mind to, but if it takes action... But it takes action, perseverance, and facing your fears. And Trev, this is for you, because that was said by Jillian Anderson. Oh,
1: Jillian.
4: (laughs) He just melted.
1: Let me count the ways. <laughs> Let me count the ways. That's wonderful. Thank you very much, uh, both Lisa Marie and Gillian, uh, for that. Uh, that's tremendous. That's tremendous. Uh, and Cam Branch, have you got anything to finish out with? I know you did your war quotes early on. Have you anything you want to plug or a reference or
4: anything like that? Um, maybe a plug. Uh, listen to Money Talks. Um, it's it's obviously free on uh, free for everyone to listen to. So it's a really good pub between uh, Mo and Dave Hendricks, um, very informative, uh, gives a great insight as to what's going on at Chelsea and I think it puts a lot of stuff into perspective like I said about how I feel our owners are, uh, are looking looking good right now because of it. So um, yeah and you know all things on AI, um, you can't really go wrong. Some. Uh, the latest great stories. Uh, that's that's an excellent lesson uh, I'm not sure who who uh, the uh, orator is. Is that the right word, orator? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <he's> some, <laughs> some some Irish chanter. Don't worry about. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, if you know, if, if get someone decent in. I think that that part go places. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually know a
1: woman with with a voice that will make people <laughs> do whatever it is that she wants them to do. I think we may have stumbled across that. We? <laughs> we may we may have come across a winner. That's yeah. great. So yeah. And, so, and just p-
4: finally, um if uh just a shout out to one of our old muckers, um get on um some green grass and a the ball. There's some good content on there as well.
1: Absolutely, a tremendous collection of writing on, on Carl's site. It's really good. Uh a great way to spend a while. Uh, and there's a lovely twist because they're kind of original um, takes as well. They're they're not the standard football. No, stuff.
4: that's right. It's, but, it's some real left field stuff out there. Yeah, really opens, with, you're
1: right. Ex- exactly. I'm in the yeah. WhatsApp group, and you would want to see the things that are being suggested for <laughs> for article <laughs> topics. It's remarkable. I can Jenny believe it. Is. I can't believe uh, it. I was actually chatting to Carl during the week and he's going to come back and do the Glory Days podcast with me probably next week about uh, the FA Cup. I think we're going to do 89, myself and Carl. So uh, if you've been jonesing for an Everton one, that would be the Everton one. Yeah so if you've been jonesing for a bit of cop back in your life you can uh, which i know at least one or two people uh, have been asking how carl's getting on uh, you'll be able to hear him on that show with me in the week to come um when we will try to fit it in between all the other crazy antics there are endless games folks you'll probably have picked up on that that means there'll be endless amounts of raw endless amounts of me and jan will be talking uh, endless amounts of this podcast here and all the other ones that i try to fit in for the channel as well so do keep your ears open uh, for them if you have any interest get yourself over to greatstoriespod.com have a look there see what you think of it the only reason i say that to you honestly is because some of the most unusual clients in terms of i'd never have picked them uh to be interested are actually interested it's people in my own personal life i'd never have thought would have an interest in the world and it just turns out uh people like stories and they like uh, being told stories so I would appreciate it if you you do go and have a check at that. Now, I am going to wrap it up. Um, Cam has had to go. Lisa Marie, I know, needs to jump out, and I'm just going to leave you with two quotes. Um, I'm not talking about the uh, quality of the personality of either of these two men, but uh, what I'm talking about is the uh, weightiness of the words that they spoke. First is uh, George McGovern, a former... U.S. congressman who said, I'm fed up to the ears with old men dreaming up wars for young men to die in. And that ties in very much with the uh, Sassoon and Wilfred Owen poems that I was recommending that you go and check out earlier on. And to finish with, why not finish with a bit of Herman Göring, who was Minister of Propaganda back in the Third Reich? And he says, and this is going to resonate with people, naturally, the common people don't want war neither in Russia, nor in England, nor in America, nor, for that matter, in Germany. That is understood. But the people can always be brought to the bidding of the leaders. That is easy. All you have to do is tell them they're being attacked and denounce the pacifists for lack of patriotism and exposing the country to danger. It works the same way in every country. The only point of that is manipulation and the people who are behind these things some of the very worst people in human history. Uh, Let's start uh, to wrap it up then completely by me telling you we'll be with you next week. We'll have a couple of games to talk about, a couple of games to look forward to. Thank you to Cam. Thank you to Lisa Marie. I've been Trev Denny in my field here in rural Ireland. And you know what? The times that are in it, do go out there and be kind to your fellow Reds and definitely do stay safe out there.
2: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel